Hi, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. Once again, it's a pleasure to be able to share a program with you that I promise you we have a wide variety of topics we're going to explore. There's going to be a commentary that's going to help everyone, no matter what your background or age or state of health. It's an original commentary. But we begin today with a study from Washington University School of Medicine. Now, this should really interest you because it talks about enzymes in broccoli, cucumbers, and avocados. Well, that's a nice cold salad, right? And it reverses aging in cells. Yes, this is really cool. Researchers have zeroed in on an enzyme found in natural foods like broccoli and cucumbers and, uh, and avocados that can slow the chronic conditions that come with age. Scientists at the university's School of Medicine in St. Louis have shown that supplementing healthy mice with a natural compound called N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, N is in Nancy, N, M, N, can compensate for this loss of energy production, reducing typical signs of aging, such as gradual weight gain, loss of insulin sensitivity, and declines in physical activity. The paper was published in Cell Metabolism, and researchers report that they found an agent that can balance out what happens in aging cells to essentially make them behave as if they were younger cells. The compound is called nicotamide mononucleotide, and that's why the initials NMN. It's involved in producing another compound that is critical for energy metabolism. So when they gave normal aging mice infusions of NMN, they made more of that energy-fueling compound, and some of the biological problems associated with aging went away. The MNN-treated animals did not gain weight as much as the others. They were able to convert food into energy more efficiently. Their blood sugar was better. Even their eyesight improved. The mice received the NMN were also able to prevent some of the genetic changes associated with aging. So, of all the other things like L-carnosine, L-carnitine, resveratrol, uh, grapeseed extract, pycnogenol, uh, the important nutrients, coenzyme Q10, that help us slow down the aging process and prevent disease, now just add cabbage, broccoli, um, and and of course, avocado, because it has so many good oils in it, but evidently there's something other than the oils in there. We're always finding new things. So just remember that when someone says, well, the science is settled. Science is never settled. I've been a scientist my entire adult life. I became a junior scientist in 1970. I was young, and it was, I was naive. I wasn't terribly bright, but I was very enthusiastic, and I loved to try to find solutions to problems. And because I was so different in my approach, in my health, I was a marathon runner and I was a vegan and healthy and lifting weights. And the other people in the laboratory, well, they look kind of what you would expect a group of uh, scientists, all brilliant, far smarter than me, from around the world. The Institute of Pie Biology was famous for its work in pain and uh, cancer among other things, in overcoming addiction. They had substitutes for uh, heroin and methadone. 
And uh, there were a bunch of them, 16 departments. In any case, I was working with mice, and I just wanted to see if mice fed a healthy diet would uh, age differently. But, of course, you have to watch them through the whole year, year and a half, depending upon the breed of mice. And I saw that when I gave them none of the rat chow that was given out of boxes, this dried stuff, and they were, the rats downstairs were in these tiny little cages with no room at all. And all kinds of bad things happened to their bodies as they aged, but also in a confined area. So I just, one day, I asked the uh, head of science, uh, Elena, I said, would it be all right if, if I got rid of the cages? She said, well, what would you do with the rats? I said, well, the, the rats could run around up here. It's a contained environment. They're not going to get out. And if I played soft music, if I gave them uh, something to challenge them each day, uh, something that enhances their experience of life on a day-to-day basis, she's okay, because no one ever came up except her. To, uh, she had to approve all my different studies. In any case, I had no cages. The rats, a thousand rats, ran free, and they were very friendly. Do you know that in my entire career in the laboratory there for 36 years, I never once was either scratched or bitten, and yet you'd come in and refuse <laughs> to freak some of my friends out. In fact, Linus Pauling came up once, and he wouldn't go in the room when he saw it was all rats. So I built a glass wall down the side and put chairs and couches over there so my friends and people wanted to come up at night when I was working, and we could talk, but they wouldn't have any of the rats going on. In any case, I found that when you fed rats living foods, and that's the key for human health, want to live a longer life, have living foods. Now, that doesn't mean raw always. In fact, I would not recommend eating raw broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, uh, because most of it's really tightly bound fibers, what we call legocellulose, and that's not going to get properly digested in most people. And the older you are, the less that's going to be digested and it's going to pass through. And even though it has all these wonderful anti-cancer and anti-aging nutrients in it, it's not going to be absorbed. It's not going to be properly digested, so it's just wasted. But if you steam it for five minutes, well, that then opens up the cells. It doesn't destroy the nutrients to, to the contrary. When you eat a raw tomato, you don't get as much lycopene from the tomato as if it's steamed or lightly stewed. That's why a tomato sauce, properly done at low temperatures, and then you add in your garlic and your onions and your capers and, and your seasonings, um, that's going to be far better for you than a raw tomato. And hence, tomato sauce is healthier than tomato juice. In any case, I found at the end of my first study, very first study, that the rats that were allowed just to roam free and, and have a lot of living foods, lots of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and grains and clean water and nice music, they lived 27% longer than the rats downstairs that we were watching as a control group. So that got the director of the Institute's attention, and that was not easy, because, I mean, he was an orthodox, orthodox, orthodox scientist, brilliant genius of a man. And uh, so then I was given some leeway in doing some more experiments. And then I, my second experiment was I took what I call the doctor's diet. Now, on the Upper West East Side, there's lots of hospitals, medical clinics, Long Kettering's up there, a lot of good clinics. And so 
I had some friends and a couple nurse friends, and we would just go out outside the hospital. So the doctors are coming out for the lunch. We just say, hey, just curious, what would you consider a really good, healthy diet for lunch? And they'd tell us, and we'd write it down. So after three weeks of doing this, we had about 500 different inputs, all from medical doctors, and we looked through it. And as a registered dietitian also, plus having a degree in science, I didn't have my doctorate at that time, but I had my, I had my, uh, my, my two degrees in dietetic sciences and the internship of 1,900 hours in the hospital, Trafalgar Hospital. But I also had, uh, I had my uh, science degree. So I knew that their diet was just pure garbage. I mean, to them, a fast food with a cola, and that was fine. And so we, we made up a formula diet and fed one small group of rats, uh, about 100, that diet. And the rats normally live, that, those rats live about 14 months. They started getting sick after three weeks. And I mean, after three weeks, they were looking and acting like a rat. So we did blood work up. We, we took some blood from the rats. I don't kill rats. I don't believe in that. But we took blood, and my goodness, they're, they were nutrient deficient. They were suffering from all kinds of uh, problems. Hair was falling out. They were becoming very aggressive. All on that high sugar, high meat, refined carbohydrate. So I stopped the study because I knew I didn't want any of the rats dying from that or getting sicker. And then, uh, so that taught me that don't listen to your doctor about a diet because they don't know what they're talking about unless they themselves are very well educated in that field and most are not. In any case, I then rejuvenated them, and then that was my third study, a rejuvenation diet to heal the rats and get them healthy again. And that rejuvenation allowed me to see which nutrients are most important in rejuvenating the body. And once that was done, uh, at the end of that time, those rats actually lived longer because I was giving them higher nutrients uh, and higher nutrient-rich foods. For example, to help turn off any pain they might have had in their joints, I gave them tart cherry juice. Well, what does tart cherry juice do? Well, quite frankly, it turns off inflammation everywhere in your body, including your brain, and it gives you a better night's sleep. Now, by the way, this has since then been a, a completely confirmed. In fact, University of Michigan, uh, just uh, on October 30th, published an article about how the antioxidant compounds in tart cherries called anthocyanins have been specifically linked to high antioxidant capacity and reduced inflammation at levels comparable to some well-known pain medications. So I'd much rather have myself and hopefully others take Montmorency tart cherry concentrate than take a medication because those pain medications are really, really dangerous. Thousands of people die per year from aspirin and the other anti, uh, anti-pain medications. So this, And also it allows a better night's sleep. In fact, it was able to extend sleep time by 84 minutes among students participating in this. And this was published in the American Journal of Therapeutics. So how about something that simple? Reduce inflammation all over your body. Uh, reduce inflammation in your heart 
your belly fat. That reduces the risk of diseases from obesity. Because chronic inflammation is a whole body condition that can affect the entire outcome of your heart. And then you sleep better at night, which helps your immune system. So, And you can buy tart cherries, dried tart cherries. Just wash them off because they may have some sugar on them. So that was the beginning of the first three studies I did, and that was able to help me. I did over 165 completed successful studies. Uh, however, not all these studies, except one, was ever presented, and I didn't know this, for publication. And I only found out recently from the woman who was head of science, she had to approve all the scientific projects, her and the director. Her name is Elena. And so what I've done is this. I am now doing a video. It's being edited. It'll probably take another couple of weeks. But when it's finished, everything I did in my career, and still am, as this day, I'm doing scientific studies on anti-aging, is all in this video. You'll see photographs and videos, and you'll see, how about all of you who were in my health support groups? Those were clinical studies. The, how we reversed arthritis. 94% of the participants in 28 days. Remember that? We did that over on 92nd Street at the uh, healing center there. Yeah. Well, I've never shown that result. Now you will. You'll see yourself, including the gentleman, I believe his name is Raymond, who came up on the last day of the study. And he was going to quit the study after the first night. He came over to me and said, I'm sorry, but I can't do the study. I said, why not? He said, because my legs are so cramped and so much pain walking that when I try to walk up these long steps, uh, I can't do it. I have to stop and sit on the steps. So I said, well, what you do is this. Each time you come, uh, John and I will help you up the steps and help you down the steps, and we'll see you get right home because there was a huge hill over on 2nd Avenue that he had to walk down. Well, on his very last day, he came up to the microphone. We were filming. And he said, I would not have believed it possible to reduce the pain or stiffness or swelling that I had when I came here. I've had this for over 24 years. And he said, I ran down the hill. I bounced up those steps, just leaped up the steps. I feel like I'm 16 again. I think he's 68. He said, there's no pain, there's no swelling. I went back to my rheumatologist. I'm not on any medications. And the rheumatologist says, this is amazing. I've never seen this before. She didn't ask me what I did. She simply said, well, keep doing what you're doing. And I thought to myself, after I was walking home from the doctor's office, why didn't she ask me what I did? Why wasn't she interested in the protocol? And uh, others in the office uh, in the study had the similar reaction. Anyhow, that study and the people at the beginning and at the middle and at the end of 28 days, you're going to see that. So every one of my major clinical studies are going to be in there. I don't know how long it will be. It could be five, ten hours. But it's just one of the different careers than the highlights showing you it is possible. But if you just say that to someone, they're going to say, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, you're wrong. If my rheumatologist can't reverse arthritis without medication, you sure as hell can't. Well, that's not true. And now you have all that evidence. 
And one last thing here, there's a new connection between your gut microbiota, that's your good bacteria, and prostate inflammation in aging men, which aging means over 40. And uh, this was from the Pomeranian Medical University in Poland. And what they found was that recent study indicates that inflammation is one of the causes of development of benign prostatic hyperplasia. And inflammation can result from past infections and metabolic disorders, and also from the state of functioning of the in intestinal microbiota. And so they're showing in this study that uh, University of Applied Sciences, that if you have healthy bacteria and good healthy fatty acids, that that expression will help turn off inflammation and helps your prostate gland heal. Just one more reason to get your good bacteria to have a healthier, healthier outcome. Oh, and by the way, Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital says that depression, anxiety, and stress is linked to poor heart health. Well, where have you heard that before? This is presented at the American Heart Association Scientific Conference. How about about a thousand times on this program over the last uh, 57 years. How about that? But now orthodox science is showing the same results. A little late, just think of how many people, if they knew that yelling, screaming, getting angry, staying stressed, changes the electrical pulses to the heart and can cause stroke and AFib and all other types of heart conditions, would have changed the way they behave. Think of the doctors who, if they were taught this in medical school, would have put up their stress management as one of the most important healing medicines in the world. But they didn't. But now at least they can if they choose to. But at least you've known that all along. We're going to take a break and come right back. Please stay with us. Very know. I'm on a telephone today and probably tomorrow. We have our audio engineers coming in tomorrow to help set up a whole new audio video system with a different backdrop. And so it'll make a clear signal, uh, which is what we all want. Anyhow, today uh, we're going to do just two things and then ask you to call in and share your thoughts. And the first one is a commentary. This commentary will later appear uh, in the new book that is being completed. I've been working on it for several years. I had to get the rights back after 25 years. But uh, so much work. And I want to thank Katie, our scholar-in-residence, Richard Gale, our scholar-in-residence, and the three of us worked on it, um, Richard and I, and then originally two years of writing it myself. It's going to be, in my opinion, the single most informative reference book ever written on health. So it's massive. And every single uh, article in there comes from a peer-reviewed journal. So your doctor, your, your dentist, your nutritionist, whoever you're seeking advice for, for some medical condition, can rely upon the quality of this information. No junk information. In any case, um, that's coming at you. But right now, something that can help everyone in the audience. Now, some of you are are really committed to your health. Good for you. I support that. That's why I'm here every day. But a lot of you are just coming on for the first time. We're finding every single day for the last three months newer audience members, 
Many who have never heard of me didn't know my work, and that's great. So for some of you, this is self-evident. For other of you, it's brand new. But it gives a place for everyone to start. Or let's just say you're one of the people who listen to the show, but you don't really actualize a lot of it. That, by the way, is the majority of the listeners. They'll actualize only to what, what they feel comfortable doing, and then they stop. But what if you really wanted ideal health? But let's just say you were not able to afford it. You can't afford the therapies that are out there because most, unfortunately, well, even though they can help you, they're not all covered by insurances. Today, our country is in a state of economic meltdown. Now, I've dealt with this last week in a, in a special. In fact, it was a two-part special. And I showed you the actual numbers. The actual numbers are that America owes right now or willow for un- unfunded entitlements, $330 trillion. You heard me right. You only hear $36 trillion uh, from, and up from $33.5 trillion because of all the massive spending that, where do you think that $140 billion we've given Ukraine comes from? It comes from us. And that's debt. And all the other, the, 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 the $15 trillion to Israel, Again, $15 billion to Israel. This is all debt. We don't even have enough income to balance our budget. It's off this year by almost $1.7 trillion, meaning we're taking in that amount less than what we spend out. So it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. We are 734%. Let me repeat that. 734% debt to gross domestic product. So anyone who tells you that Biden economics or before that Trump were great, they weren't. In fact, if anything, everyone just seems to spend like reckless abandonment of reality. And they get away with it. All their perks and all the people that gave them money, the lobbyists, their companies get all these no big contracts or great benefits. What about you? You don't. So first be honest and realistic. We are bankrupt beyond any bankruptcy. We're worse than Zimbabwe. So it's just that we haven't recognized it officially. But anyone who knows the actual unemployment number, it's not 3.6%. It's 27.4%. That means we have more or less approximately 100 million Americans unemployed. Then we have this massive amount of debt. So guess what for the last 20 years has been either the first or second cause of bankruptcy? Medical bills. And does anyone question in Congress why a surgery cost $20,000 or a snake bite might cost $150,000? Or just going into an actual, uh, my friend went in for stomach ache. He was given, you know, a pack of ice to put on his stomach, an IV drip of just saline solution, salt water, cost about a buck. $10,000. No treatment. Didn't stay in the hospital. Left in the emergency room. And that's because the greed factor. Unmitigated greed at every level. The doctors, the nurses, everybody is involved in that greed because if the doctor really cared for you, the nurse really cared for you, why don't they go out on strike? Strike a hospital. We're not working until you lower the prices, until people can come in here and not go bankrupt or have to leave here without treatment because they couldn't afford the treatment. And if you don't think it's difficult in some states with Medicaid, all of Medicaid should be completely redone. We should have universal health care. But will we? No. Are there any of the candidates who believe in it? 
only one, Robert Kennedy Jr. But right now he's taking a trouncing because of his unbridled support of Israel and uh, not looking at anything that the Palestinians were suffering from. That will cost him probably 5% of the total vote. That's enough to make a difference. But why he did that, I don't know. I know, Robert. And uh, when next I'm able to speak with him, I'll ask him. Because I haven't heard anyone ask him that question yet. But in any case, we need universal health care. And we don't have it. We need a Surgeon General who's not coming from the medical orthodox community. We need an independent physician, probably a family practice doctor or an internist, who can guide us through preventing disease. And then when treatment comes, basing the treatment upon peer-reviewed literature showing that it will help the person without killing them. Because right now, a lot of treatments, you risk dying from the treatment, chemotherapy, radiation, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and selective serotonin inhibitors for depression, anxiety. Then you've got the statins for heart disease. We've just got a mess, and no one's willing to acknowledge because everyone's benefiting from it. $4 trillion a year. That's more than the military-industrial complex. And so why not a single voice opposing any of this? Because they're corrupt, or they're selfish, or they're cowardly. That's some combination, isn't it? And now they're acting like immature children wanting to fight each other in Congress. My God, do you expect that in Romania, Bulgaria, Ukraine? You don't expect that in the Senate and the House, where guys say, well, you get up, and I'm going to fight you, and I'm going to fight you. My God, that is embarrassing. You shouldn't have that job if you are so impulsive and your ego is so tender that you, you want to fight each other. Wow. So if you're the average person, you're looking at all this and you don't have all the disposable income, and therefore you can't always buy the organic, locally grown produce, even when it's at a better price than regular produce, and it's at a farmer's market. So you buy what you can, and in most poor neighborhoods, what can you buy inexpensively for three bucks? A hamburger, french fries, and a cola. Wow. And where's the Surgeon General? Where's the U.S. Public Health Service? Where's the head of the anti-aging division of the federal government? Where's any of this? They're nowhere to be found because the people who control the government, who control corporations, who you've never heard of, didn't see a picture of them, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Berkshire Hathaway, these control the world. And we have absolutely irrefutable, uncontestable evidence of that. They don't even hide it anymore. <clears throat> the World Economic Forum doesn't hide its biases either. As a result, they want us to have nothing and be happy. That also includes having no health, having no freedom, having no freedom of speech, having no freedom of un, a movement. They even want it in the United States Congress. The United States Congress wants to pass a law that car makers must, within the next two years, put stop devices that the government agency can control. So if for some reason they don't want you driving, you won't be able to. They want to stop your car? They can. But remember, anything that can stop your car or start your car can also control your car. You want that? I don't. But if you don't care, then do you care about anything that's important? Probably not. So that's where we're at. We're not in a good place on any level, unless you're the very rich. So what's happened is that you're probably under a lot of stress, understandable 
for that. And you're also under extreme economic stress. You can't pay your bills. And the moment in our society, and this shows you something about the true nature of our society and the people controlling it, and that's why I'm working on my new film. I'm working on three films simultaneously. I'm going to be going out in an RV. I'm rehab the RV so I can broadcast my radio show. I can uh, have it as a film studio. Uh, and so I can just travel around and do these wherever I need to go. But in any case, I'm seeing people who are stressed to the max, and they're stressed because they can't pay their bills. So what do we do? We come in and say, friend, we convinced you. Samuel Jackson, he's one, and a lot of others, convinced you to get that credit card because you're getting a certain percentage back. But they never mention the ad how much you have to pay. They're getting 18%. You're getting 2% back. What happens when you can't make a full payment? They increase your interest rate. Were you told that? No, it's in the contract. But all your credit cards suddenly go up in interest. Well, but I'm not behind my payment, my other credit card. Well, now you will be. Well, if I can't pay my mortgage, I can pay a little bit of the mortgage, but I, I'm, I'm spending 50% of what I own uh, earn on just living, paying rent or my mortgage. Can't you give me a break? Yeah, we'll give you a break. Let's take you into debtor's prison in some states. Debtor's prisons, I thought those were gone. They were, but Joe Biden and his friends brought them back. Well, I want to declare bankruptcy. I can't afford my student loan. Too bad George Bush saw that you couldn't do that either, and Barack Obama. I see. So in other words, we say we care about people. We don't. Nobody gives a damn about you, except maybe, maybe your friends and family. You only know that when you die and watch how much they go after your estate. They're throwing a woman off who's lived in the same house down in uh, down the south. Her family, and because her property is worth about twenty million dollars now, wasn't worth anything before. So much. In any case, we're a really screwed up country at this moment. I mean, in all divisions, we don't know what to believe. So we go into this existential angst. So when we can't pay a bill. Agencies that work with the government and pay lobbyist money who then pay your legislator lobby not to interfere. Let us exploit the poor, the helpless, the injured. Let us exploit more. There's still some juice in that orange. We want to squeeze the average American until there's nothing left. Then they're no longer important. We can make more money off people when they're poor than when they're rich. Wow. So if you're the average person, well, your wages are low and they're not rising, while inflation is skyrocketing. But not for the rich. They can afford anything. The cost of basic necessities like food, clothing, water, electricity, rental prices, and real estate are becoming more and more exorbitant. You've seen that. Uh, three and a half years ago, I took some friends out to dinner at a vegan restaurant, had a wonderful meal. And it cost each of us about 15 bucks. Now, we don't drink alcohol, but just the food itself. I remember having, I had the uh, a pleasant, peasant's platter, some very tasty sauces on some beans and seaweed and some starchy root vegetables and uh, a whole grain. It was delicious and filling. And uh, today, that same meal would be $30. Your average restaurant fee is now $40. Average. We're not talking about high-end. Well, you better hope that your wages have gone up so you can afford that. But most of it, working-class people, they haven't. 
So what's happening is your hard-earned savings are shrinking in buying power. And many are living on credit cards, and, uh, and yet the credit card is now considered part of our gross domestic product. Now think of that for a moment. That's a lie. That's deceptive. That's fraudulent. You cannot make debt an asset because it makes it look like you're making, earning more money. That's, that is economic alchemy. All right? So don't believe the gross domestic product figures. It should be income earned, not the income that you don't have, so you create that gross domestic product on debt. But you're safe, right? Your house is safe. And Wall Street, the, the commodities markets are safe. No, they're not. Not when Russia, China, the BRICS nations are about to slam you and increase within the next 12 to 24 months, they will have the world's highest gross domestic product. They'll build infrastructure over high-speed trains that we don't even have. And in Pelosi's corrupt state of California, that's cesspool. They burn through millions of dollars and have absolutely zero to show for it. But in China, and I'm against China's domestic policies, I'm against so much of what they stand for, but take a look. They built the world's largest high-speed train going up to the Himalayas, now, that's not good. The train is good. The fact they have the technologies that other people could duplicate, but they were going up to Tibet, which they conquered and then destroyed the native culture. Oh, it's, there's so much duality in our reality. But in any case, we can't do anything right because we gutted all of our infrastructure. So those who are wealthy could become even more wealthy. And shame on them. Shame on the hedge funds. Shame on the, uh, the, the economic powers like the equity partners. So when you lose your job in a factory that's been there for 50, 100, 150 years, it's because they wanted to make more money. How much do they already have? Billions. Can they spend it? No. Then why do they need more? Because something tells me, my only opinion, these are very intellectually demented individuals who act more like sociopaths than decent human beings. My opinion, but you can like them. PBS likes them. They put them on their local station boards, but I don't like PBS. I won't allow my shows to be shown on PBS anymore. That's correct. I had the number one show, number two show, number three show in the history of PBS fundraising, Get Healthy Now, um, For Women Only, and How to Live Forever, within a two-year period, made them tens of millions of dollars. Will I go back? No. I go back on NPR, where I had the highest rated show with the largest increase in audience, 47%. No, because I don't want to be associated with people that have been compromised at the level of integrity and honesty and decency. My opinion, but you can like them. You're, you're right. I won't read the New York Times, because they're not telling me how to prevent disease. They're only telling me which medicines and which medical procedures that someone on high has said, this is good and everything else is bad. I haven't forgotten what you used to write in there about anyone who was doing alternative therapies, never taking the side to do the real work to see do alternative therapies work. No, they're all quackery. No, they're not. So here's where we're at. What could be preventing disease is not, but what promotes disease is promoted every second they can get on air with their hamburgers, hot dogs, pizzas, cheese everywhere. Why don't they just sell you a, a product for $10, they come to your house, and they have this large container that they stick in your mouth and just squeeze, 
and down comes three pounds of cheese. Because we have cheese in our crust. We have cheese, more cheese than anybody. Why don't you take a look at the snot and the mucus coming out of a person's orifices the next morning after they've had all that cheese and dairy? Oh, that they won't do. Why don't we have an honest evaluation by an honest attorney, a, a, a surgeon general, about what causes disease? Well, we can't do that or there'd be nothing advertised on television. Why don't we show how many different natural products can be used that don't cause you? Uh, side effects include losing your genitalia overnight. Don't worry. You're also going to lose your, your appetite and your libido for any sexual encounter. So you're not going to need it. Uh, but, you know, it's a minor effect. Death can occur also, but don't worry about that. Stroke or heart attack, gasping, and when you've gone out and uh, dropped on the ground. But you took your medicine. And we warned you, because we warned you, you were no longer liable. That's why they give those warnings at the end. What if they did that when you went into a movie theater? When you come into the movie theater, just remember that when we tested at a theater in Los Angeles, uh, almost 95% of the seats had human feces on them. Don't worry. They're not going to kill you. Oh, and your armrest, uh, don't worry about cleaning them, because they're just filled with every kind of scuzz. And would you go in the movie theater? What if we had to tell you the side effects? of every process, of every investment, of everyone who wants something from you. And we suddenly got a curtain pulled back and we showed you the other side. But we don't do that, do we? So we are sunk in our debt economy with people exploiting it and everyone saying, yeah, they've got to have some money somewhere. Get it. With no hope of a way out. America's middle class has been decimated by decades of policies designed to transfer money to the wealthy and the billionaire class. And boy, we know how warm and cuddly and open and spiritual the, the, the Elon Musks are, right? And the Bezos and the Bloombergs. Yeah. No. Simultaneously with less phenomena, what are what some are calling an economic war against working people in the middle class, there has also been a concerted effort on the part of the pharmaceutical manufacturers in collusion with the American Medical Association and captured government and health agencies, all of them, and all of the media over the last 100 years to define and standardize medicine as deferring only to allopathic pharmaceutical company controlled medicine. Towards the same, these modalities, which are now referred to as complementary and alternative treatments like homeopathy, herbalism, holistic diet, energy medicine, naturopathy, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. No, those are forcibly pushed out of the standard of care without reference to their safety and efficacy. Though I have thousands upon thousands of studies showing from PubMed, National Library of Medicine, they work and work as well as or better than traditional or not traditional, but orthodox medicine. But they're not profitable to the drug manufacturers, so don't use them. In this struggle as well, the average person is also the one who loses. She cannot be blamed if she becomes convinced that her only path to health and wellness is through the standard medical system, because this is the conviction of the culture at large and promoted ad infinitum through the pharmaceutical-funded media, which is all the media. This belief system promotes the idea that the body is flawed and self-destructive, not the individual. The body somehow just diseases its own liver, congests its own lungs, causing emphysema and cancer, 
uh, becomes fat overnight. Had nothing to do with us. Yeah. And the only chance we have of extending our lives or controlling our pain or fatigue or disease is to do what the doctor says and take the pills. Which pill? The red pill? The blue pill? Which pill? Because we're given that. But few people find that the medical system leads them to a true and lasting recovery from their illnesses and an end of their suffering. Rather, many find themselves increasingly locked in this, into the system, given one diagnosis after another, one prescription and more medicines and more medicines and more medicines that create more symptoms because the medicines they're given to counteract the adverse effects of other medicines are now causing new symptoms. And all this arises, and it's called to undo more and more annual screenings. And this costs you. People make money from this. Throughout this process, they are sent lengthy bills for which they must struggle with the insurance companies to receive. I can't stand insurance companies. I think they're almost all fraudulent at many levels. Coverage is difficult, sometimes denied altogether. And sometimes, if it is paid, there's a copay. And, uh, and what if you can't pay the copay? All the while, other approaches to healing, holistic approaches, traditional approaches, standard standalone systems devised by insightful and innovative healers, many of whom are board-certified orthodox physicians. I've known at least three or 400 in my career who left orthodox medicine because it wasn't doing what they had hoped and were told and promised. It wasn't healing people wasn't preventing disease. But in the holistic field that they had to learn from scratch, they could find innovative healing approaches to help the human body rebalance itself, regain health, eliminate illness. But it was a different paradigm, one that the AMA didn't like. And the AMA was so concerned that you not be, well, mistaken for a fool they created a secret department of investigations in the basement of the AMA headquarters in Chicago. It was run by Doyle Taylor and Rock Falk Morton. And just one of the million documents that we managed to get under, uh, under our discovery in the trial, and by the way, the 12 largest, most important medical organizations in America were sued at the same time. And this was based upon articles I wrote. So needless to say, we won and they lost. And for the first time in American medical history, they had to acknowledge that chiropractic was a legitimate healing science, no longer, quote, a, well, they looked at it as an, quote, unscientific cult. And that was in every single one of their mandates. If you're a physician, you cannot refer a patient to a chiropractor, and you can't receive a patient from a chiropractor. Oh, and by the way, if you're a public hospital, you don't allow any of your x-ray equipment to be used by a chiropractor because they're just charlatans. They're frauds. Chiropractic was literally on its deathbed, its last breath. When I wrote a whole series of four articles, they're up on my website. You can read them. And then that got the lawsuit going, and then they lost, and it saved chiropractic. Then the next step was creating the first program ever in chiropractic history that was a nutrition program syllabus with Dr. Chester Stock and Dr. Alan Pressman. He was a top chiropractor and a professor, which I was also over at New York College Chiropractic, and that became the first accredited program in nutrition. Now every single chiropractor, as a part of their standard treatment 
or uh, their uh, their teachings are taught how to do nutritional counseling and and helping the personal more than just sublocations, but also health. Boy, that didn't make the American Medical Association happy. Nor did my article that I wrote against them. But what's happening today? Oh, they're back to being popular again. They were in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Doesn't anybody care about someone's reputation? Evidently not. Because just to understand something, the AMA and other organizations still to this day denigrate as quackery or unscientific many of the very things that have saved millions of people's lives during COVID. Vitamin C, zinc, good diet, building your immune system, exercising. Well, funding for studies of these modalities is not forthcoming. Show me the study where they want to see does an intravenous vitamin C drip against cancer help at 25, 50, 75, 100, 125, 50, 75, or 200,000 milligrams? They've never done the study. We did it in clinical practice. We didn't have anyone dying. And none of our 2008 patients died. They recovered their health. Does anyone care? Not at all. Because... It was inexpensive. It was all natural. No drugs. Hmm. So although the one thing they may have in common with one another is that they all, all your doctors, exclude out there the alternative. These treatments are thought never to represent the gold standard of care. However, more and more, due to their efficacy and relative safety and affordability, they are being investigated through peer review processes for the usefulness when integrated. But mind you, they only will do something if it's integrated into allopathic medicine. So what helped the patient? The chemotherapy or the health immune modulating uh, nutrients like curcumin? They don't know that because they haven't done a separate study of just curcumin and just diet. There's a reason why they integrate it. That's why it's called integrative medicine. This has given the rise to the term integrative therapies. These so-called complementary and alternative or integrative healing modalities then may be used as adjunct or supportive treatments to add alongside standard medical treatment, but never to replace it, even though a sugar pill in one study was more effective without suicidal ideation in treating uh, with the most popular antidepressant drug in America. And that has terrible side effects. So if you're a doctor, wouldn't you rather give your pill, a sugar pill to a patient than a drug that you could find them hanging in the attic? Evidently not. And that's why I did this documentary, which, by the way, is uh, the award ceremony is over in Deerfield Beach, Florida, this Saturday at 4 o'clock. And I'm going to make an appearance because... Uh, I won Best of Festival, uh, Best Documentary, um, Audience Award, and uh, one other uh, award. And for the documentary, Manufacturing Madness, where I take on the entire psychiatric profession and all of its therapies throughout its entire history and uh, telling the truth, something you will not hear. So people continue because they're not aware of the truth. They don't know where to find it. In fact, my recent series of studies on anti-aging demonstrated that many diseases can be completely reversed when people follow a protocol entirely composed of those natural holistic treatments, which would be considered complementary or alternative by medical establishment. And guess who oversaw the entire procedure for the last 
four years, orthodox physicians. And they've recognized no medicine was used, and yet we added years onto a lifespan. Our latest one, as of today, uh, the study results are being compiled and uh, calculated. I can't be a part of that because there would be bias uh, or assume bias, but I'll let you all know what the results are, and we'll get it published in a peer-reviewed journal, as our last study was. And that's going to be presented to about 150 to 200,000 uh, people in the anti-aging field in the next 12 months because the orthodox physicians in medicine that focus upon finding something that extends life or repairs damaged organs like stem cells, and uh, that's where the money's going. But no one's ever done the study we did with human beings in a controlled environment with 15 different perimeter intakes. And I'm still considering, what, when I see the results of this, I'll decide whether or not I want to do one last one in May. I haven't made that decision. It'll be based upon if we can, if we can add five years onto a person's lifespan by being on campus for four weeks and followed, following the protocol at home for another six months, then I'll do it. And I think we're going to find that. In any case, as a result of alternative and complementary approaches really being shown to be important, the attacks against them have increased. And they're not covered by insurance. People often go into debt or have their savings drained by conventional medicine treatments. And by the way, when was the last time in a fair society that you spent your entire life savings, you're literally broke, you may even have to lose your house and be homeless, and the therapy didn't work? Did you get a refund from the doctors? Or the hospital? No. Did you get an apology? Sorry, you know, we didn't help you. No. What does that tell you about the human nature that we're dealing with? But while most natural approaches to healing do not carry the sky-high price tags of some drugs and surgeries, they may still not be affordable to the average person with a low fixed income. With no income, they must pay for them out of their pocket. What if you don't have anything in your pocket to pay for? Universal health care. No, we can't do that. Why not? Why not? And it would save money. I wrote a paper on it. I wrote a paper and I sent it to Ortez and everyone in Congress. And it showed how we could go from four plus trillion dollars a year and terrible outcomes to $1.7 trillion, saving over $2 trillion a year. Saving it and having a better outcome because you'd be integrating also uh, many of the shown and proven complementary therapies. Nope. Nobody wanted to pay attention. Nobody even responded. So let yourself know that the people who could keep you from going bankrupt, who could give you better care, who could focus upon prevention, none of them care about you. They only care about their elections, getting back into power meeting with lobbyists always every morning and then pretending they care when they make some kind of clenched fist statement at a hearing. So maintaining a health care practice in any modality is an expensive operation. And for natural practitioners to support themselves, they may be forced to charge more than even they would like if their real interest in the health of the people who seek their help and guidance. If people pursue these holistic treatments like acupuncture, 
which is about $125 treatment. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy, about $200 treatment, $250. Homeopathy, naturopathy, and others which may have a high upfront cost for someone with limited means. They may find themselves paying out of pocket to cover bills. But then ask yourself, how much does a bag of vitamin C at 25,000 milligrams cost right now? It's about $500. We used to give up to 200,000 milligrams for free. Not a single AIDS patient was over 2,000 was charged a penny because I insisted upon it. It wasn't free to me. You know, we had to pay for it. But it was a gift that was worth giving when you see people suddenly no, no longer have pneumocystis, no longer have dementia, no longer have yeast infection, no longer have Kaposi sarcoma. And then uh, 18 of them no longer have HIV in their body. They're completely healthy, and we have all the proof of that. And it's all been filmed by the International Association of Independent Investigative Journalists over a two-year period. Anyhow, no one in orthodoxy wants to know that because then we say, well, what the hell did we spend all those hundreds of billions of dollars on through Anthony Fauci? Well, that's what happens when the pharmaceutical industry controls the protocols. So let us just be realistic. What can we do? What can you do? Well, you can begin by drinking multiple organic fruit and vegetable juices or switch to an all-organic, locally grown diet. That you can do. You can also find, uh, find that you can divert large portions of your paycheck to a therapy, even a natural therapy, or you can try to get your body as healthy as possible within your means before you see a therapist. And therefore, it's a joint project, getting you healthy. Some people who, whose wages hardly cover their rent and food and electricity may feel they're priced out of such holistic practices because I've also seen very greedy holistic practitioners. Now, sometimes their therapies work, and therefore they justify, well, I saved someone life, but it cost them this. But I also know that Dr. Martin Feldman, in my opinion, the most conscientious holistic physician I've ever met, he would never charge you if the therapy didn't work. He only charged about 250 bucks more or less for an in-depth hour visit. Who does that? Who does that? And he never used medicine again the day after he left my office, having been every day, seven days a week, watching how I counsel people, and he never had to do it. But up to that point, he was a number one uh, at Yale, college physician surgeon, so he just said, I'm going to use nature, and he did, and he succeeded. He helped thousands of people. Why couldn't other people? They could. But we have to also have some standards for the holistic practices. Otherwise, some of them are greedy, and they're going to charge as much as they can, even if they help the patient. So I believe there's reason not to feel hopeless and despair and spend all your money on health care that's not working. It is fully possible to attain health, wellness, and longevity without spending money you don't have. I'm going to give you a guideline on this, just starting today, finishing tomorrow. So most of these techniques I'm going to share are supported by peer review literature. All of them came from the National Library of Medicine. That means they're as good as any orthodoxy can give you. So aligned with this process, I also contributed to my own clinical experience, and I would estimate that about 45% of all health and longevity 
can be attributed to having a strong will to live, a positive attitude, and a sense of meaning and purpose in life, a sense of happiness and contentment and well-being, and looking for the good message in all bad experiences, because there is. It appears to be the single biggest factor in health and well-being. I recommend that anyone diagnosed with any illness, and especially a terminal illness, sit down and reflect, perhaps at a set time daily, for 5, 10, 15 minutes, for as many days as it takes to take an honest look at what you're doing with your life. Whether what you're doing is aligned with a sense of purpose and you feel comfortable that that purpose is who you really are, not an artifact of someone else's conditioning to appease people that you're a good daughter, good son. For some people, the idea of having a sense of purpose in life may seem itself an open-ended question. What is my purpose? Why am I doing, what am I doing here? What do I have to live for? And what do I want to do while I'm still here? After all, Gary, I'm 50, 60, 70, 80. Why should I change? I'm on the death end of this. If I change, I'm not going to be around. If I build a new house, someone else will be living in it after I die. The answer is entirely individual, and no one can answer it for you. To learn the answer, you need to go into a deep sense of self, to honestly face the fact that you do not know or to face squarely the answer which you do know, but for some reason do not want to admit there's a certain door you may be reluctant to open, the psychological hoarding, the emotional clutter that you keep focusing on the back end of your life because every day you wake up and these thoughts that are passive, only, if only, if I would have said this, if only I would have done that, if only I'd been more honest than this. But you can't circle back and change circumstances of people because everything has moved forward. Everything. So you're going to have to forgive yourself and others for anything from the past and live in this moment. Because this moment, no one's beating you, threatening you, poisoning you. You have a chance to make this day what you want to sincerely confront your attitudes and feelings, and if there's humiliation or embarrassment of what you've done in the past or thought, allowing your real feelings and emotions to arise and express themselves in your consciousness to acknowledge these and then decide how best to proceed. These are important under, under acknowledged elements of healing. Mindfulness and spirituality, yes, this is where it all begins. I never help a person starting at the symptoms or disease. I never even discuss it. For many, the process just described may feel like a spiritual one. If you have a spiritual background, this may help and support you in your process of discovery or reorienting yourself to the direction in life that you need to be. But spirituality is not simply participating in spiritually oriented activities or a, or a community of followers. Spirituality is a process of discovery and it requires active and engaged participation. Spirituality is not something you think, it's something you do. Stop so much thinking and do more doing in a positive way. A desire to attune to a higher and more harmonized version of life using the resources from spiritual traditions such as prayer, meditation, speaking honestly and openly with a higher power, and looking to spiritual literature for inspiration and guidance as a tuning fork for morality. All of it can help. Mindful awareness, such as taught in modern mindfulness programs and in long-lived 
meditation practice like Zen and Vipassana uh, can help you to face emotions and listen for inner guidance. That's it for today. I'll continue on ways you can become healthy and happy and free of fear, anxiety, and live a more pur- purposeful life on tomorrow's program. Have a nice day, everyone.